Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. You are listening to episode number 442, Listener Questions Answered. And I am your co-host and the guy who had a phenomenal hunt Monday morning and did not squeeze the trigger. In fact, never even reached for his gun. Those are some of the best times, you know it. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm your co-host, and I'm the guy who's ready to take flight. All right. With you. So so your arms are well-rested? Yes. I am ready to sail on across the sky to conquer new ground, never before seen. Very cool. Well, knowing you and the amount of scouting that you do electronically, you're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, ready, and have those pre-trip nerves, as always, and reports are mixed. Some people I know that have been there say it's, you know, good, and others are saying there's people everywhere and it's terrible, so, as always, got to be in the right spot, I guess. You just never know. It's part of getting lucky. Mm Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Well, Monday, I had a, a, here, here's the deal. I got to I've got to share the whole story because come on it's it's just a little crazy and actually it was we'll run with it it was it was Tuesday but we'll just I'll just continue to call it Monday because it's all the same it's all turkey season yeah at this stage all the days run together and you just kind of you know you're going through life in a fog and loving every second of it so the night before this particular morning I was getting cell phone camera pictures, trail camera pictures of turkeys in a food plot. And it got to the point where it was late enough in the afternoon that I had a very good feeling where the turkeys (laughs) were going to roost. Oh, yeah. Now, a few days before that, you know, one of my goals for the for the year was just simply to ask my son Chris and ask my dad to go hunting with me more often. Yep. I I can't make them go. I can't pull a turkey in on a piece of fishing line so they can shoot it. I can't guarantee they're going to kill anything, but I can ask if they want to go. So a few days later, I told Chris, I said, look, I'm getting pictures of these turkeys in a food plot late afternoon, just, you know, kind of scattered throughout the, the week on odd days. And generally what happens is if the pictures are late enough in the afternoon, those birds are flying up and they're roosting close to that food plot. And the next morning they're flying down and they're walking into the food plot. Generally, it's been between seven and eight o'clock and they've been staying there for a while. And so I told him, I said, look, don't schedule any early morning meetings because when I text you or call you and say, hey, tomorrow morning is the morning, I don't want you mm-hmm. to tell me, hey, I've got three meetings in the morning and I'm not going to be able to make it because I have me personally. I have no intentions of killing this actually two gobblers, but I have no intentions of killing either one of them. Mm. So that afternoon before the morning hunt, I'm getting those trail camera pictures and I texted Chris and I said, hey, I have a really good feeling about tomorrow morning. If you want to try to get your first turkey, I've got a really good feeling about it. I know where some turkeys are going to be in the morning. And, you know, there's no guarantee, 
because just when you guarantee that oh, yeah. something's going to happen, the complete polar it's opposite happens. The kiss of death every time. It is. Or the kiss of lack of death. Yeah. <laughs> so about two hours later, he texts me back and says, hey, I've got a meeting in the morning. I'm not going to be able to make it. Oh, Chris. Yeah. So I asked my dad and my dad says, here's the man who's retired now. I'm just too busy to go right now. <laughs> Good luck in the morning. Okay. So I go by myself. I did take my gun and I told myself, I said, you know, if this is just like the ultimate of all ultimate hunts, I'll okay. kill a turkey. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to video and take a lot of pictures. Nice. So I did something I don't normally do and I took my pop-up blind because i wanted to if if i was going to get a shot i needed to be in a position to shoot and this food plot offers no position to shoot from the ground it sits up on top of a hill and all the trees are downhill and just you may have a 20 yard field of view in front of you because the way the the ground lays so I took my pop-up blind and walked out there. I opened the door to the truck and I hear about 80 yards from the pickup truck. So I said, well, let me just go ahead and and get the blind out of the bag, the, the carry bag that it comes in, and I'll just carry it out there. I'll have my gun and I've got my phone and I'll just video with that and take some pictures with that and, you know, we'll see what happens. So. I get to the food plot, and before I walk into the food plot, I set the blind up, and I carry it out into the food plot about 20 yards from the edge of the food plot. And I've got, it's not the highest point in the food plot, but I've got a pretty decent view of most of the field. I would say 90% of the field. So I pop open my little chair inside the blind and lean my gun against the wall and I've got my phone, turkey's gobbles is now kind of back behind me and to my left. So I said, well, he didn't see me, so we're doing good there. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, it's it's fly down time. Well, first of all, I hear hens off in the distance. And so um, I, I said, you know what? I'm just going to use my trumpet call. So maybe this will be my opportunity to kill a bird with my trumpet call. I'm not going to tell this entire story because I've got the audio. Oh, and I've got some video too, but I'm that's not going to help us with the show. But I'm sitting there and I start calling my trumpet call. And anyway, the, tur- the turkey answers, he's still in the tree. And I know that can be a bad thing, but I already know there's hens in the area. So I'm not necessarily worried about him staying up in the tree all day long. As soon as a real live hen flies down and goes to him, he's flying down. So I wasn't real worried about that. But anyway, it it took a little while. They came out into the field and I got some really good videos, some really good audio, a gobble that I think is going to rock your world on the audio. And then I'm going to save the funniest part of the entire (laughs) story for when I do play the audio for you guys of this hunt. I'm still going to call it a hunt because i Everything happened except squeezing the trigger. Everything happened except even picking up the gun to attempt to squeeze the trigger. That didn't even happen. So anyway, 
it was just one of those mornings. It's just a special morning. And it's one of those where you you look up into the sky and you just thank God for having the opportunity. You know, it just uh, all the blessings that that we all have in our lives and no matter what struggles some of us may or may not be going through, you know, there's things like this that can definitely lift the spirits. And it just made for a great day the rest of the day. And, you know, now I've got this video and these pictures of these turkeys and, you know, can look back at that and reflect back on that. So it it just was a heck of a morning. And I'm excited about getting the opportunity to share the story with you guys. So anyway, we I've I've talked a lot about that, like I was actually going to share the hunt with you. And then I just pulled the rug out from underneath. (laughs) Really built that up just to be like, yeah, tune in next time. And that's right. That's right, and you never know when that episode's going to be, so I have a feeling it'll be in the off-season. So you guys who start thinking about bass fishing or deer hunting, whatever it is you like to do or, or start listening to in the summer, you're not going to want to miss the audio on this one. It's pretty darn good. So, look, I don't know about you, but, well, I do know this. You took some time off social media earlier this year. Yes, and plan to again. I, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I pretty well have taken the entire turkey season off because nice. I I don't know I get sick of the bragging and the drama and the stuff that goes on on social media. But for whatever reason, I ended up on it over the weekend, and I realized I haven't just been ignoring social media. I've been ignoring everyone who has messaged me on social media and that's not necessarily intentional I mean, Wait, you I'm, didn't get all those onyx pins no i didn't get a single onyx pin <laughs> oh, dang I, I put a two-week you know vanish mode on it that's too bad those are some oh, good spots well, yeah that's all right i'll have to go find my own it'll be okay <laughs> so i got to looking through some of these dms that i had or have on instagram And I said, you know what, there's some really good questions in here. And I think that there's enough content here with these questions for me and Cameron to make a show. Because, you know, it's it's hard a lot of times when someone will paint a picture or tell the story of a hunt and then ask a question, a scenario-based question that's not a definitive, well, it's raining, go hunting and hunt fields. You know, that kind of thing. So I thought, hey, let's just run through some of these listener questions that have been presented on social media. And I'd like to get your take on some of these, Cameron. And so, you know, we'll give the listeners of the show a little recognition and those that follow us on social media, a little recognition as well and ask their questions and present some answers and maybe one of the listeners somewhere will gain some knowledge that might help them have a successful hunt, even if they don't squeeze the trigger like I did not earlier this week, but still have a successful hunt. So what do you think? You want to jump in and tackle the first question? Let's do it. Bring it on. All right. I'm going to let you answer the first one first. Okay. All right. So the first question is from Luis Blanco, and he says, Andy, big fan here. I'm a first season turkey hunter. Growing up, growing up outside of New York City, I never had an opportunity to hunt. And it wasn't until I moved to Virginia, just outside of D.C., that I got into hunting through guys at the firehouse. 
Yes, he is. He's a career DC firefighter. Hats off cool. to you, Luis, for that. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So here's his question. If I shoot at a bird and miss, do I give up on that turkey for that day? Is he, and we'll come back and, and I'll remind you of what these other questions. So I said he had a question, he has several. Is he now impossible for the next few days? Is his roost going to change if I shot him soon after he flew down? Thank you for everything you do. You've inspired me in many ways. God bless you. So I'm, I'm going to pick on you just a little bit since you've got a lot of experience missing. I have got an insane amount of experience <laughs> missing turkeys, especially this year. But I'm on a hot streak right now. I would missed one a little bit. Yeah. But I, I will answer, in my opinion, as far as multiple days, I don't think it bothers him at all. Now... Yeah, I do think if you like if his feet touch the ground right off the roost and you shot at him, he might might not like that spot for a little bit. But I I believe with turkeys, he's getting pounced at by coyotes, he's getting pounced at by bobcats. He's been tried to be eaten his entire life. And if he avoided every place that he encountered danger, he he literally would not be able to ever fly down. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think long term that it affects him like that i do i personally and i know i've heard stories i think you've even told me one where you've shot at a gobbler and he's fired right back up i haven't ever experienced that in my experience when i miss one and it may be because i hurl expletives into the wind loudly for several minutes afterwards (laughs) and throw my hat and bend my gun barrel around a tree but once all that's over i usually don't have much luck striking him back up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a common reaction <laughs> say I'm things about say the I'll... turkey's mom and just all kind of stuff i just you right know. yeah yeah well i wish i could say that when i miss one i you know just stand up and happily you know thank the lord for the day to be out there and i usually get to that point after a half hour an hour or so but the initial reaction is not quite as common. yeah so but so to answer his question, my opinion would be, as far as that day is concerned, I think I think you'd have a better shot at going and finding a different bird if you have the rest of the day to hunt. As far as that week or season or next two or three days, I think he'll be right back within earshot of that area. So in summary, I'm going to give you my answer, the short answer. In summary, I agree 100% with you, with what you just said, Cameron. Luis, if you have other ground to hunt and you're not just hunting, say, a 100 or 200 acre farm or piece of ground and you can get out and try to locate another bird, that's going to be a lot better bet for you. A higher percentage odds play for you. So if you don't, then I'm going to tell you that I believe a lot of the answer to the question depends on what happened after the shot. Did you shoot and sit there yeah. and the turkey run off? Did you shoot and then shoot and then shoot again as the turkey was running off? Did you shoot, get up, run after the turkey to try to get another shot? Maybe you were able to fire off another shot. Maybe you were not. Because I think a lot of that has to do with how scared that turkey is yeah and 
it, my case is usually two and three. I shoot, shoot, shoot. Then as I'm reloading and running after him, I'm shooting some more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which in that yeah. case, he's pretty scared. <laughs> yeah. I think that generally scares him a good bit. If you <laughs> shot and you sat still. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you scared that turkey and the turkey ran off. Again, what Cameron said, I think is very true. If they avoided every area in their home range that they've ever been scared, they'd never leave a tree. So thunder is loud. Do you you or your spouse or your kids, if you're married and you have kids, get startled when thunder comes from nowhere? The, The clap of thunder comes from nowhere and hits very close. You know, the lightning strike is is relatively close and that thunder just boom scares the crap out of you. But do you avoid your house at that point or your fire station if that's where you are when that happens? No. You know, so as far as that turkey knows, he was just scared by sound. Nothing attempted to eat him. You know, nothing ran after him. So I don't think that that turkey would be terribly scared. Is he going to likely be harder to kill? Uh, Yeah, maybe. I could tell you three stories. Two of them were turkey gifts that I got from a member of a hunting club that I was in. What is a turkey gift? A turkey gift is what someone gives you when you walk into camp and they say, hey, Andy, I've got a turkey roosted for you. Mm. You know, and it's it's a little bit past fly up time. And you're like, awesome, man, that's that's cool. Why aren't you going to hunt him? I'm going to go over here and hunt this other area in the morning. If I can tell you what trees roosted in. Okay, Makes cool. sense. Yeah, definitely should hunt that other area. Yeah. So <laughs> those two mornings, I killed both of those birds. Wow. Come to find out, he'd shot at and missed both of those birds the afternoon before. Ah, now it makes sense. And he thought he was being crafty and saying, I've got a bird roosted for you if you want to go hunting. I'm going to go over here to this other area. Well, the reason he's going over to the other area is because he thinks these birds are done for. Wow. <laughs> they were. The next morning, they were done for. They were done for, for forever. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's two instances where someone missed late in an afternoon. Yeah, you know, I say late, could have been three o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock on to fly up time at, you know, 630 or 615, whatever time it happened to have been that he missed. I don't know. But those turkeys were absolutely 100 percent ready to die the next morning. Mm. And they had been missed in that area where I killed them. So, you know, and I, I happen to know because the guy was. I'm going to say he was older at that time. He's close to, he was close to my age now, but I happen to know that he's not a runner. If he shoots and he misses, the turkey's going to run and he's going to sit still. It's going to take him about 10 minutes to stand up like it does (laughs) me. So, you know, again, I didn't know that he had missed those turkeys until later, until I go showing up at camp with him. Probably helped you kill those turkeys. Because, like, if you knew they'd been missed, I bet you'd have overthought it and changed what you did. Exactly. That is 100% right. I would have said, no, there's no way. I'm I'm not going in there tomorrow morning knowing you've missed that turkey. That's stupid. They were ready to die. 
and they did. So mm-hmm. the the third time, the third story I can share is a situation where me and my buddy Todd called in two Longbeards together. I was to the left. Todd was to my right. The turkeys came in. I said, I'm shooting the bird on the left. You shoot the bird on the right. He said, okay. I said, I'm going to shoot first. He said, okay. Or maybe he said, shoot first. I don't know. But either, either way, he said, I'm in, and we know we don't try to do the one, two, three, both shoot on three boom thing. That it is rare that that ever works for me anyway. So the first person takes the first shot, cleanup hitter takes whatever he can get afterward. Yeah. So Todd tried to, well, Todd just basically shot too soon. I shot and killed my turkey. Todd shot too soon because his turkey, when I shot, jumped eight feet in the air <laughs> and came back down. And Todd shot probably before the bird's feet ever hit the ground. Wow. So he missed. The turkey goes running off. We, He and us, we didn't go running after the bird. We had a bird down. We didn't go running after the one that he that he shot at. But we're, we walk up to my turkey and we're standing there and we're standing there for I don't know, 45 minutes, we're talking, kind of reliving the story and just enjoying the morning. Yeah. Todd looks at me and says, did you hear that? I said, no. He said, I think that's that turkey I just shot at Goblin again. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. He, he, The gobble came right back from that area and that's where he ran. Wow. So we're sitting there talking, you know, it's it's okay it happens to get a courtesy gobble. I don't go running after a courtesy gobble anymore. And he said, there he goes, he gobbled again. I said, well, put this turkey in my vest and let's go. We threw the turkey in my vest, walked down there to where the turkey was gobbling from. He had run about, oh, 600 yards. And we proceeded to call him right on up. And in 15 minutes from the time we sat down, that turkey was dead. Oh, by the way, that turkey had two and a quarter inch spurs. Holy, are you two? Two and a quarter inch spurs. What? I don't believe he was a two-year-old. I'm just making sure I heard the the number two. 2.25, not two spurs that were a quarter of an inch long each. He had two spurs that were, you know, maybe one was 2.125 inches. And the other was 2.25 inches, but he had wow. two spurs, both like over cracker. two inches long. No, I've I don't think even, so. I've never seen one that got anywhere close. It, I've seen two in my lifetime. And one John was killed with, that one. Yeah, yeah. The one yeah. John killed that he showed me at his house didn't even look real. <laughs> no, no. It looked like an oscillated or something, you know, like ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're insane spurs. But, yeah. That's insane. So, you know, the way I kind of looked at that with the bird that Todd shot was that turkey, I will bet you, had not been by himself. This was late season in Alabama that this happened. And that turkey, I bet you, had not been by himself since the second week in February. Yeah. So two and a half months, he's had hens very near him. And he has been the king. Now, now all of a sudden, he's by himself. And wow. not just that, but his buddy, who's in the back of my vest, is not with him. Yeah. So now the old buddy may be hanging out with his girls. So 
I think, you know, of course, I'm a human being trying to rationalize. The turkey's or, brain. Yes. So it could have been nothing other than, you know, maybe he got a pellet, knocked him in the head, and he went crazy and started gobbling again from Todd's first shot. But that's my reasoning is he's holed up in these woods by himself for the first time in a long time and his buddy's not anywhere near him and he just is he got tore up about it so crazy yeah so yeah good examples yes do not give up on a bird but on to hunt no i think there's easier targets to to go after so yes totally anyway. agree. yeah so the next well hold on i have a question i've gotten a few myself all right read one Andrew McGee asks, I'm only friends with people named Andrew, by the way. Yeah, you are. Andrew McGee asks, have I eaten the liver out of a wild turkey? And if so, let him know how. Hmm. I have. I've eaten, I just fried the liver and ate it. And I will be honest, not a huge fan. Now, the gizzard and the heart are freaking good, in my opinion. I will eat. All the gizzard and heart in the world, all day, every day. The liver just is, it hits different. And I do think for you. it's just it's, like, it has its own flavor, man. I mean, when you think about the role of a liver in the body too, it why would it taste good? You know? Yeah. I mean, what about it would possibly make it good? It's filtering out all the aflatoxins. So you just ate all the aflatoxins. Yeah. So I understand the liver king, you know, People were sold on on the fact that he was natty, and and that is hilarious to me because that guy is bigger than, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He didn't do that naturally by eating raw liver. So I'm not going to be the guy that eats raw turkey livers out the turkey. You know, I know Josh Bomar, you know, loves to eat his deer liver as soon as he kills one for the gram, but not for me. Not for me. I... Do now take the livers, because I do keep them still, and when I, my leg and thigh meat, when I take those off the bird, I also take them off the bone using my knife, the thighs and all the leg meat, and take out those big tendons that are in there, and I grind all that meat up. I chunk the livers in there with that and grind it in with it, Hmm. and you don't ever taste them again, but I, so that's what I've been doing. I grind the leg meat the livers, the gizzard, and the heart. And if I'm cutting the breast out and miss a good-sized chunk of meat or something, I'll cut that out, throw it in the grind pile. I just grind all that together and make turkey burger, essentially, that I can eat tacos or hamburgers or chili, spaghetti, anything you use ground beef or ground turkey for, there you go. Yeah. And we eat it like crazy. And so that's how I use my livers now because I do want to consume them. And I mean, I do think they have some nutritional benefits for sure. They're not going to make you super jacked like the Liver King or the Bomars. You you may have to get some help from outside sources to get to those levels. But <laughs> it does have some health benefits and it's part of the turkey. It's edible. I want to eat it. I just grind it in with my other meat and make like a, a turkey burger out of it. And it's really freaking good. Yeah. So, have you ever eaten the turkey liver? I have never eaten turkey liver. I've had heart, and I could not eat the gizzard because the first gizzard I cut open that I was going to try to keep and clean and eat got 
gizzard juice on the meat and no matter how many times I washed the meat, it still smelled like gizzard juice. So <laughs> I could not bring myself to eat it. And from that point on, I've just kind of left. Uh, I haven't even pulled a gizzard yeah. out of a turkey, really. I love keeping the stones out of a gizzard. The The stones are really cool in turkeys. If you don't do that, it's a really neat. It, it honestly is becoming one of my favorite parts of the bird to keep. Because, I mean, beards and spurs are really cool. They're unique also, usually. But... The gizzard stones are very specific to where the turkey was killed, what kind of habitat he was in, and what state he was in. Like, everything changes. You never know what the stones are going to look like, you know? And they're really unique to that bird and where he was killed. So that's become a favorite of mine. So what I do with the gizzard, take it out, cut it in half, essentially, over a bowl, and then open it up and let all those rocks, and there's going to be all kind of grasses and junk in there. All that falls in the bowl. Then there's like, it's like an alien skin on the inside. Mm-hmm. And you got to peel that out. And that kind of will let the rest of the rocks and stuff fall into your bowl. Peel that out, throw that away. Sit the gizzard over to the left for your meat to eat. And then the rocks are in a pretty good sized bowl. Pour water in there under the sink. And then just let the water overflow out of the bowl for a while. Because the rocks are heavy. So they're going to stay at the bottom all the junk that floats you want out of there and then you kind of can just tip the bowl and dump stuff and keep the rocks in the bottom and that's how i clean them up then pour the rocks out on a paper towel let them dry for a day and you got your gizzard stands yeah that's how i do it and that way i'm eating the gizzard and getting some really cool trophies for my turkeys do you display the stones in a clear pill bottle or anything like that i have a giant jar that i'm trying to fill with the gizzard stones of many turkeys. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're mixing yeah. them together instead of keeping them separate. That's cool. Yeah, I just don't have enough room. I think it'd be cool to do like yeah. a pill bottle or some people do a shot glass or, you know, something that size per turkey. But like, I just don't have the room for it. So I'm doing one giant jar that I'm going to have hopefully 49 states worth of rocks in a jar. Mm-hmm. Which would be, in my mind, that's pretty cool to pick up a jar and say there's a rock from every state in the United States in this jar because I'm going to have to go to Alaska and get one rock. That's cool. Yeah. And not only a rock from every state, there's stones that were consumed and used to grind food in a turkey's gizzard from every state in this jar. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. I like to honestly, like when I go out to my turkey building, I, I take the jar and kind of shake it around, and I'll see lava rock, or I'll see rock from. Some of them are pretty recognizable as to where that turkey was from. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. That is cool. We're some weird people. If you don't have a jar with rocks that have been eaten by a turkey in your house, I mean, come on. You're not a real turkey hunter. You ain't a turkey hunter unless you That's got a right. jar of rocks a turkey ate. That's right. My wife is like, she she doesn't understand any of it. She tolerates it. But the rocks thing, she every time she sees me doing that, she's like, I just don't get the rocks. I, I don't get it. And I'm like, they're cool. And she's like, they're rocks. Like, they're cool. Rocks are cool. I like rocks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but hopefully that answered Andrew's question on eating the liver. And it is very edible. It's not going to make you sick. Nothing like that. I just don't prefer straight liver taste, so I grind it in with everything else to mask the flavor of it. Yeah, that's 
that's pretty cool and i i'm glad that he asked you that question because i've never i've known you for a while i've never asked you if you ate the liver from the turkey so yeah uh, the heart and the gizzard in my opinion the heart specifically is very good from most it is most of the critters we hunt heart is very good i've had deer heart that like you you give me a deer heart i'm not gonna complain <laughs> yeah i mean like it was really good and just grilled it you know and it was it was really good yeah well i will say this for those of you listening who either have heart problems currently or you come from a long line of people who have heart problems and you're watching your ticker and what you eat so you can keep your ticker going longer do your research on eating heart from any animal huh you are what you eat so if you want to have a good heart you gotta eat heart i guess no you do not want to eat heart oh yeah i didn't know that yeah i think all the cholesterol and plaque buildup and all that in the heart of the critter goes to yours but i don't know i'm no expert on any of that that was just kind of my my speculation as to the reasoning of it i just know that for people who have heart problems currently or have a history of heart problems in their family they are not supposed to eat heart from other animals oh that's good info it's uh maybe one day i'll research it instead of just talking out of my butt about it but yeah source my opinion all right (laughs) (laughs) so so consider it to be fact it's it's true Uh uh-huh because i I saw it on instagram it has yeah. got to be. Oh, better yet, I saw it on TikTok. It has got to be true. Nice. Liver King told me it was true, so it is. Yep. So. What? Interesting. Else right. have you been asked? Well, I've got. It's a. It is really not all that long of a of a message, but Micah Colbreth is in his second season of turkey hunting, nice. and he's learning all of this himself. Cool. He and I actually exchanged several messages because his question I didn't know the answer to. So, you know, it got me thinking that Micah's very likely not the only person around who is wondering this or has reached out to try to find some help. But he essentially asked the question of, do you have any recommendations for a Facebook group or a person that would be willing to be a virtual mentor or mentor that I could bounce ideas off of when it comes to scouting or whatever the Turkey Woods decides to teach me that day. He says he lives in Northwest Georgia currently. So, you know, after exchanging several messages with him, the last message I got from him was that I'm enjoying talking about this for the most part alone. I think it will make that first bird even sweeter. I've had some good interactions, just no toms in range. Considering I hadn't heard a turkey before scouting this season, I'm making some progress with very hard and strict and sometimes even cruel teachers. <laughs> so, you know, that part is is very true. But, you know, I think he's appreciating the journey at this point. But, you know, I'm not I am by no means a social media expert. I really I really despise the the large part of social media mm-hmm. or a large part of social media. So I don't get on it all that often. And I don't I don't go to these forums. I don't go to Facebook pages because I don't know. It just seems like these days all you get is 
Well, you know the saying, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. There seem to be a lot of bad apples out there who are very active on social media. And quite honestly, I just don't have the time or the energy to deal with it. I'd rather spend that time doing something else. And and so I don't have any good recommendations for Micah. And, you know, hearing his last paragraph there, I, I, I get that and I appreciate that. But what if there's someone else out there who really does want and need a mentor? You know, and and maybe they're not just new to turkey hunting. Maybe they're new to hunting, period. So do you know of any places, any good Facebook pages or anything like that where someone like Micah could get some good, honest My personal opinion on that, and I get where the question's coming from, and I obviously it has very good intentions, but, like, I would highly recommend two things. Buy some turkey hunting books and find a mentor in person in your hometown mm-hmm. and i get there's there's also i mean there's tons of information on podcasts such as this or social media or whatever but it sounds like you want somebody to bounce ideas off of and i mean maybe you can find that on facebook but i just i personally would much more prefer to have someone i could meet you know, maybe go to an NWTF banquet local in the area or go to something around that area. Tur- somebody turkey hunts near you, guaranteed. No, no doubt. Most people. And most people are turkey hunting. So everyone turkey hunt. Every Basically go anywhere and everybody you see, they probably killed one that morning. And so there you go. But in my opinion, I would try to find a real person that you can meet and just See if they'll have lunch with you. You know, that's how Andy and I met. We went and had lunch. And he's helped me a ton with turkey hunting. And we've become really good friends through turkey hunting. And I think that that will be a much more rewarding experience than finding some Facebook profile guy or group. Especially would avoid the groups, honestly. They will be ready to tear you to shreds if you ask for advice. (laughs) Yeah, they will. So I would do that. You know, the other option would be maybe hop on Old Gobbler is a forum. It can be pretty helpful. You know, maybe you can meet somebody through there and just maybe get on Old Gobbler and do a post about your local area and say, are there any other turkey hunters in this area who wouldn't mind catching up one day? And that's the way I would probably go about it and try to meet somebody in person who knows what they're doing. And that's part of the key too. make sure that person actually can kill turkeys before they start teaching you. Yeah. Yeah. if he says he, you know, killed one three years ago, you might avoid that. Yeah. But anyway, that's my opinion. And I would definitely look into some turkey hunting literature. That's where I've learned a ton over the years. And when you're reading the stories of these guys turkey hunting, it's an entertaining story, but don't just read it for the entertainment. Learn from it and look at what they did that helped them kill the turkey or yeah. miss the turkey or not kill the turkey. And you can learn a ton. I mean, I have a notes section on my phone. When somebody says something in a book that makes sense to me and it says it works, I type it down and I'll go try it in the woods. If it works, then it stays in the notes. If it doesn't, it gets taken out. Mm-hmm. So that'd be my opinion. And I know that's not the easiest one, I guess, but I would try to meet somebody real in your hometown that you could form a bond with over turkey hunting. I think that's a great recommendation. I really do. And, you know, there's a couple of things that I would add on to that. 
One of them, and this is something, Micah, that I didn't think about when, while you and I were messaging, but one of them is look on your state's Game and Fish Department website to see if they have any mentored turkey hunts to where the state will actually hook you up with a mentor. And they have hunts on state ground that where the state ground would be closed on that particular weekend or whatever else that, you know, not necessarily always the case, but a lot of times they'll close up, close those state grounds on the weekend and let this mentored hunt take place on that ground and see if you can, you know, if you, if you find somebody that way who you can jive with and, and get along with and who you think can help you in certain situations when you're hunting and, and, you know, you can get some knowledge from because like Cameron said, that could be a, a relationship that develops and, and lasts for years. You just don't ever know. Yeah. And then the other thing that I would say is I love the idea about, you know, not getting on Facebook and, and getting in the group, but, you know, trying to get on the forum and, and find an individual. But what I would say is when you strike up that conversation with the individual, you most likely want to approach it the the hey you know can we go hunting sometime approach that angle from hey i've got some ground that we can go and hunt but i'd like for somebody you know i'd like for you to to come with me and kind of teach me how to hunt how to scout you know how to locate how to do whatever it is so i would you know also just throw that out there of if you're going to invite someone to hunt or hope that someone invites you to hunt, you need to be proactive in that process and be the one who invites them to hunt your ground. Yeah. Now you've just thrown that person a bone. Definitely don't want to try to just go tag along with them where they hunt because you're not going to find many people who will do that. No. You wouldn't be hunting with me. I mean, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, that's the thing, especially if it's someone who hunts public ground. They don't yeah. want you in their spots. Yeah, that's it. Because I mean, you know, you just never know with people these days. So uh, I, I think that's a good point to make: is you can't expect to have them take you somewhere if you can get somebody who seems skilled and will teach you. You're probably gonna have to find the spot to go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's a good point. So. But good luck in that search, Micah. I hope. Yes. You, hope you get a good relationship with somebody. And hey, if you don't. You'll figure it out. It just takes a little bit longer. Well, and as when someone, you do figure it out, you're going to be one turkey killing son of a gun because you did it on your own. That's what I was just about to say. You know, that as someone who did it on their own, that is, you know, those are lessons you don't forget. Exactly. So, you know, they're they're tough and they're not a whole lot of fun to learn them when they happen. But over time, you know, those those messed up hunts those mistakes that you make you you'll get to a point where you'll look back when you get older and you'll go my gosh if i knew then what i know what i know now i bet i could have killed 50 percent of those turkeys that i screwed up or 75 percent of those turkeys but you know it's is part of the process and it's part of the fun and uh, i i was glad to read where you said you're enjoying it. I mean, to me, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So, very cool. Well, that was three questions. You and I talked a whole lot about them. Yeah. I think I, think I talked a whole lot about them. Yeah, man. 
You talk so much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I hope that you guys enjoyed that. You know, if you, I'm, I'm going to speak for me because I am, and I'm not trying to discourage anyone from messaging me because I, I truly do love to hear from you guys. But I suck at social media. If you message me and I don't reply or don't respond, don't think I'm ignoring you. Don't think that, you know, for any reason, I think I'm better because I will assure you I am not in any shape, form or fashion better or too good to reply. It's just I am rarely on it. And when I get on it, a lot of times I am brushing my teeth or maybe taking care of some business in my office and I'm on it for just a couple of minutes and I'm not even thinking about messages. You know, I get on, I look at a few posts and then I'm off. So, you know, I'll, I will see a message. If you message me, just please don't message me and say, Hey, my car's broken down on the side of the interstate, (laughs) not far from you. Can you please come pick me up? Because I will promise you, I will not get that message. You will be a skeleton. You'll be a pile of bones by the time I get that message and and get over to where your car's broken down. So there's better ways to communicate with me than that. But yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. Like I said, Cameron's better at it. I think the age difference has a lot to do with it. But, you know, I also admire the fact and appreciate the fact that Cameron unplugs from it every so often because we have to be careful about not letting that dominate our lives. And, That's a fact. You um, know, I'll I'll add I'm I am glad and I know my wife is, but I'm glad that turkey season has an end to it because it could consume my life if it did not. That's a fact. You have a you have a solid point on both fronts. Yeah. So I can't remember if you did last week or if I did last week, but I think last week was last week was a, a freebie, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> So do you have a favor of the week for the week? For the favor of this week, since we're talking about social media, if you found anything helpful from any of our podcasts recently, shoot me a message on Instagram at Cameron Weddington. Let me know what you found interesting and what helped you from this podcast. Or if you just found something intriguing or funny. Something I said was probably funny. Nothing Andy said, but anything I said that may have been. Shoot me a message and let me know what you enjoyed about a recent podcast from us that you've listened to. I just kind of want to know what people like. I like that favor. Let's do it. And you're exactly right. You know, I am the more serious one out of the two of us. So we'll close on that note. Thank you guys. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and a safe one as well, because most of you are still hunting. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.